everybody, and welcome to Shift F1. Oh my goodness. A podcast about speedy race cars. Are we si- still a podcast about speedy race cars? Uh, absolutely. You think? Yeah. Otherwise, I'm going to leave. All right. That's a good point. <laughs> I don't want to be here. Uh, you don't want to be here in my living room? Oh, yeah. It's very nice. Thank, Thank you for you. having me. We'll see how musky and, and hot it gets. And, and sound baffly. Yes. You got a big fluffy couch over there. It's yeah, probably not too not padding. Wood floors, but like, they're fine. It's okay. I've got cats everywhere, so I think this cat hair literally on every surface, okay. which acts as like a sort of an invisible baffling for the entire house. Nice. So it works out. Yeah. Uh, congratulations. Thank you. On your Patreon. Uh, yes, we are both rolling solo these days. <laughs> yes, if you're, uh, if you're listening to this, uh, part of the contingent that does not follow GiantBomb.com, uh, but follows us uh, on this podcast, um, we're no longer affiliated with CBS in any way. That's right. It's a whole Hence thing. Hence the name change. Indeed. Uh, yeah, that's that's... <laughs> I don't know that there was any danger necessarily of like legal stuff, but right. just to be certain. Yeah. And it's a shift, to. you know? It is. Sh- and also, <laughs> I only realized now, shift is like as good a name on the sort of nerdy side, but also makes way more sense on the car racing side. In right, because it's still a keyboard command. Yes. Shift it. What is that? Does that bring up help? Usually? Is that what it is? <laughs> oh, we're helping you with F1. <laughs> Are we, though? No. No, I'm not so sure. Uh, but yeah, and then shifting in, like in cars. Exactly. Cars shift. Yes. Although I've been driving around in my wife's car uh, recently, and it's an automatic, and it's the first time I've ever driven an automatic. Oh, really? And it's fucking weird. I feel oh, like I'm at got... Disneyland, <laughs> just like on one of those things, which I actually did about a month ago. Which Autopia? Kind of I did the Autopia thing. Nice. It's pretty cool. Nice. We got a lot of great uh, name suggestions we did so many yeah race weekend at bernie's <laughs> so good i didn't see that one podcaster maldonado oh my god yeah what was the other one i really liked oh i forgot the name of super the- license to kill super license to kill is so good yeah that's we- wheel talk wheel talk oh my god they're yeah. so good uh team radio oh no that good God, there's going to be... If you are thinking about doing a podcast about F1 in your life, just, like, start <laughs> writing these down now. Yeah. This is gold. Seriously. Thanks thanks to everybody who uh, who wrote in, and everyone, everyone who suggested Shift F1. Yes. Um, it's a couple you know, of folks, it's, a, it's like a throwback. It's... Yeah. It harkens back to, to Alt F1. Right. I like that. I CBS just, property. I just renamed my show, which is also a CBS property, oh. to something which is quite like what it was called oh. as well. But it's not public yet, so I'm not going to say anything. Nice. Um, uh, yes, this is a podcast about... Uh, speedy race cars, Formula One in uh, particular, mm. but you know we we tend to to dip into to dabble to dabble yeah. in other in the other dark stuff. arts of MotoGP. That's right, and NASCAR, right, and Indy. Uh, the last Alt F1 episode was about NASCAR. Yeah, uh, how fitting. Yeah, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we will. This is the not only is it the inaugural episode of Shift F1, mm. but it is also the preseason primer. Perfect for the 2017 season, which kicks off this weekend. It's the wait, wait, wait. It's actually this weekend. Yeah, I did not realize it was this weekend that's amazing yeah okay so this is going to be quite a behemoth of an episode it is but it will be an episode uh for the people who maybe know zero about formula one yeah or or even racing in general that's sort of the the you know what we want to accomplish with Mm. this preseason primer episode Uh, Uh, also for those who kind of like check out at the end of the season right uh, because there's been like a bunch of changes to the rules and the cars and the teams i guess if you've Mm -hmm. been totally locked out of it um and news and everything else so yeah so we'll kind of go through uh like a, a brief intro to formula one in general then we'll go to uh what's what's new for this season um, and then close it out with uh, a little briefing on Australia, which is our first stop 
on the calendar. Melbourne. Melbourne, yes. Melbourne again. Chris, no, don't. Didn't have a pun. <laughs> this I, is, these are the jokes. We're people. sitting around a coffee table. We are. I'm wondering if it's changed the energy at all. We are looking directly into each we other's are. eyes. We are. It's super intense. We're not like offset in any way. No, and I'm hunched over my gut. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a pillow that's never not there. <laughs> anyway, we've got a lot to cover. So We do. Go on at it. So, uh, Formula One is a racing... <laughs> really? So I love this. Okay. Discipline. Like Formula One for aliens. What Here is we go. One? Yeah. Uh, so, it's, there's a lot of technical stuff that we'll probably go into. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of teams. Mm. Uh, if this is your first introduction, just kind of don't freak out about how much... Like, don't try to remember everything. Right. Uh, if, you're, if you're curious about it, try to just absorb what you absorb and then maybe watch a race and know that, uh, you know, they'll talk about something and you'll go, oh, I kind of remember yeah. what they were talking about. Like, it's not, you know, you don't, you can take notes if you want to, but you don't need to. Like, it's just. We're not all Drew. <laughs> right. I have, I see how many pages, <laughs> 11 pages on this Google what? document that I have here. What? Yeah. Is that the same one you used last year? Uh, nope. Oh, no. No, it's a brand new one. Holy shit. Uh, yeah, so maybe the best way to listen to this podcast is like right before you go to sleep <laughs> on a tape. <laughs> just play it there. Sure. Um, yeah, let's let's start with the cars. How about that? Sure. Uh, so these are purpose-built mm. uh, racing vehicles. Uh, they're not adapted from you know uh, consumer cars in yeah. any way. They are they are open wheel cars with with one cockpit. Uh, they're V six mm. hybrids, which I don't think a lot of people realize. These are hybrid cars. They've got a yeah. battery in there that kind of uh, you know supercharges the. Uh, the gas motor. Yeah, and increasingly more powerful as every year goes on. It takes more of the, the yeah. workload. I think they are approaching, uh, with the hybrid system, um, everything is approaching 1,000 horsepower. Oh, really? Yeah. Jeez. Um, so uh, they also have uh, this weird little feature called DRS, mm. which allows them to uh, open up their rear spoiler on the back uh, in certain zones of the track to make them go faster. Yeah. It's like an overtaking, um, uh, artificial overtaking, uh, mechanism that was put in a couple of years ago to, uh, to, I don't know, increase the amount of competitiveness. Yeah. Although hopefully we'll just be able to get rid of it at some stage. Like, <laughs> yeah. Ideally you wouldn't need DRS. Yeah. As, as, as you will see, uh, and as people who have followed F1 for years, uh, realize there's sort of this strange, um, back and forth that, uh, you know, has existed as long as, you know, I've, been following the sport yeah. with like is is there a purity to formula one or is that it a sport that requires regulation mm. uh and that's that's one of the many fascinating aspects of it um but uh so t there are 10 teams which compete um with two drivers each so on race day there are 20 cars mm. uh on track uh and everyone races at the same time um for about two hours yeah and then maximum at the end may have a maximum for two hours and at the end, everyone is, uh, well, the top 10 finishers are awarded points based on their finishing um, position. And at the end of the season, which is 20 races long this year, right. um, everyone tallies up the points and a winner is decided, both hmm. for uh, the Drivers' Championship and for the, the Team Championship, which is called the Constructors' yeah, Championship. and then the winning driver retires. <laughs> That's how it works. That's how it works last year. Um. So some of these, the teams are car companies, mm. uh, like Mercedes, Ferrari, Ferrari yeah. Renault. McLaren. Yeah, mm. ones, you've, ones you've heard of. Um, and particularly in the case of Ferrari, Mercedes, and Renault, they make their own F1 cars as well as their own engines. Mm. 
Um, other teams buy their engines from these guys, uh, but still build their own cars. McLaren is actually an outlier in that they buy yeah. their engine from Honda, who doesn't have their own team. Right, and they also don't really make street cars. Like, they make really nice cars. Yeah. Like, McLarens are kind of like a, an exclusive car area. Right, and actually you'll find that uh, a lot of these other customer teams um, are like the supercar manufacturers. Not, not necessarily supercar, but like track car manufacturers. Like, mm-hmm. I think Williams, which is one of the teams, right. they, they make like weird track cars. And <clears throat> Sauber, don't they make? God, I don't even know what Sauber make. Uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, we'll get into all those. Uh, so, but uh, ostensibly the the works teams, as they're known for Ferrari, Mercedes, and, and Renault, mm-hmm. the ones that make a car and an engine, um, dump so much into this monetarily because they learn a lot from R and D. Right, and it's also like big PR thing for them. Like yeah, it's massive a big, PR it's, and notoriety. Like, oh, yeah. if Mercedes prestige. is winning. Yeah, prestige. They're going to sell a lot more Mercedes. Mm-hmm. I think the, the 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 motto is uh, uh, win on Sunday, sell on Monday. Yeah, right. Um, so there are a lot of uh, the things that they bring from their racing disciplines into their road cars, like aerodynamics and mm. safety and uh, energy harvesting in this you know hybrid era, fuel efficiency, stuff like that. Uh, you you hope that there is a, a trickle down aspect mm. to this. And historically, there has been with like stuff like side impact bars and mm-hmm. even seatbelt technology. Like a lot of that stuff has come from. Uh, maybe not just F one, but like that this type of like research, like on track research in different racing disciplines. Yeah. Uh, and generally, those big teams are the ones that do the best because they have the best knowledge of their own stuff. Mm. Um, but there are exceptions, which is fun because, uh, you know, the other teams that are really just here for fun, this is not a money-making <laughs> right. venture. Red Bull, any. I don't know. Yeah, Red Bull are, well, maybe they're selling a few more cans or something. Yeah, yeah Red Bull is. also a Formula One team. Yeah, a good one too. <laughs> yeah, they are really good. Yeah. They they actually buy their engine from Renault. Um and uh, are have historically done quite well. And and Renault themselves, even though they are a works team, uh, is kind of in the, the middle to the back of the field. Yeah. So like, it's an it you know there are exceptions to the rule, and it's it's fun to see how the, that dynamic yeah. interacts. It's not just the, the course of season. It's not just the the engine itself. The engine in of itself is not the 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 necessarily the entire powerhouse for the car. The way it's set up and the way it interacts with the different systems. Um, is you know integral to it as as well as the you know body of the car and also the driver and yeah Renault and Red Bull is a pretty good example of that yeah because uh, Red Bull is, is historically really really good at aerodynamics mm. um, so yeah like I mentioned Formula One is especially expensive uh, I have a figure here from 2012 um, running one NASCAR team uh, would cost you about six and a half million dollars okay for a season for the year wow all right um an f1 team would spend 325 million dollars christ oh my Uh, god on the driver's side the same year dale earnhardt jr pulled in 27 million dollars while fernando alonso pulled 37 million dollars wow all right um f1 viewership has declined Mm. in recent years by uh from 600 million to 400 million God, since 2008. That is a steep decline. Uh, but an 66. American media company just bought them. Yeah. Um, last year. Uh, so perhaps the motherland of the Super Bowl can turn right. things around. Chase Carey is going to 
It's going to breathe new life. Yes, and his glorious mustache. Yes, before him it was run by a sort of Nosferatu-like character <laughs> who presided over the entire thing with his magical wand. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, Bernie Eccleston is now enjoying retirement. Yes. So, thank you, Bernie. Viewers are increasing in the U.S., however. Right. Thanks in no small part. Too often. To this <laughs> Sorry to shift that one. Shift, 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 shift that one. Shift that one. Yes. Shift that one. Uh, drivers. I've heard of them. Yes, there are 20 for this season. Um, pretty much all of them get started racing go-karts as kids mm. um, and usually move up the ladder from uh, what are known as F1 feeder series, mm. like GP2, which has actually just been renamed to Formula 2. It has, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, or Formula which, 3, which, which is... It's just a no-brainer, I would have thought. I, I, I don't right. know when it was... It's like this It's this happens all the time in sports where they like rebrand lower series to make them identifies their own thing but right. then eventually pulled them back in as like the championship and the premier league and football was like that whole thing yeah and this seems like yeah kind of similar thing the, the nascar sprint cup versus the right uh, i can't remember what the other one's called i think they just changed too um the GoDaddy <laughs> series or whatever. right uh th- there is a system by which you can earn an f uh, as it's known an f1 super license yes. which i think is awesome that's great that's like something out of a mega drive game <laughs> right yeah. uh which is how some drivers do it. So uh, one of the drivers, Pascal Verlein, was the 2015 champion of uh, DTM. Oh, yes. Deutsche Tourenwagen Masters. <laughs> That's what it stands for? Yep. Wow. Uh, which are touring cars. So Wagon Masters. Yeah. Wagon it all over the place. It, <laughs> it, it, the driver market is, is pretty cutthroat. Yeah. You do tend to see drivers stick around for a long time mm. uh, if they're particularly good. Um, or drivers who have managed to secure their own sponsorships independent of teams. Right. Uh, which means if a team hires them, they get to share in the driver's profits, which yeah. makes that driver pretty attractive we to some teams. Smaller teams, a lot of them, yeah. We call those sort of paid drivers. Paid drivers, yes. yeah. You're Pascal Mald- Pastor Maldonado. Yeah. Sorry, Pascal Verlein. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but when they can afford to, most teams go purely on driver merit. Yeah. Um, or a mixture of the two. Something. Or a mixture yeah. of the two. I mean, you have to be a good driver to get into F1 yeah, yeah, these yeah, days. Yeah. Um, certainly one could argue that there are better drivers that aren't in the series due to uh, spots being hogged by the pay drivers, but generally it's the weaker, underfunded teams that use pay drivers. Um, and even if you could stick a merit-based driver in the car, it may not be necessarily right. over enough to overcome the team's deficiencies. Mm. Um, like we see that with... McLaren, right? They're, they're, totally. They, at least last year, were kind of in the, the back of the field, yeah. the back half. Um, and Fernando Alonso, many considered to be the best, most talented driver. Yeah, uh, pound for pound, the, sort pound of. Pound for grid, yeah. yeah, on the grid. And, you know, outperforming his teammate, but also, you know, the, there's a there's a sort of, there's a ceiling to that. Like, yeah. to the, with, with the car, and yeah. Yeah, like, if you put me in right. the fastest car, I would not... I would probably come in last if mm. I didn't crash first. Right. So, <clears throat> uh, let's get to let's do the calendar. Sure. So yeah, this, this is a tw- worldwide mm. racing discipline. Uh, they bounce around to twenty different spots from March twenty sixth to November twenty sixth this year. Ooh. It's a long season. Yeah. Uh, starting in Australia this weekend, Melbourne. Yeah, which has been the starting race of the calendar for a long time now. It feels like at least ten years, probably. Yeah. Um, and from there we go to China, Ooh. Bahrain, mm. Russia, Spain, Monaco, Canada, Azerbaijan, oh, yeah. which is a country, Baku, uh, Austria, Britain, Hungary, Belgium, 
Italy, Singapore, Malaysia, Japan, Japan, the United States, Mexico, Brazil, and finally Abu Dhabi. Yeah. So really all over the place. Yeah. There's like one pocket there where they sort of sit around Europe for a while, um, mm-hmm. but that's pretty much the only like consistent thread to it. I mean, America, Brazil is kind of like close to each other as yeah, well. Mexico. Yeah. But then they go to like, you know, Abu, Abu Dhabi. Dhabi. <laughs> it's not far like, about as far as you can go on the other side of the planet. Uh, um, people who were with us last year will uh, recognize that just like last year, no German Grand Prix. Nope, that's cut it down to 20. Uh, last year, it got postponed. And, you know, there are financial problems with both of the yeah, circuits there. How can I bring on the Nürburgring? So yeah. hopefully I'll figure that stuff out. Uh, also, the European Grand Prix, as it was called last year, has been renamed. Right. It is now the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. Okay. <laughs> which yeah. makes a lot more sense. Yeah. The Wikipedia page on the European Grand Prix is a real shit show if you want to go in there and, and see what's happened. Talk about branding. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's about as lax as Eurovision. Right. Yeah. Um, Israel in Eurovision. Right. <laughs> Uh, the, the maximum time between races is two weeks. Uh, there are five instances in the course of the season of back-to-back weeks, in fact, uh, with one exception. Ooh, there's uh, no big, there's no month, wait, there's there no... There is one four-week okay. mid-season break okay. from uh, July 30th to uh, August 27th. Yeah. Um, just to catch everyone's breath. <laughs> um, all right, so here's what you're going to see... If you tune in for a race weekend. Weekend, right, yeah. yeah. It's Here's, not just a race. It's no. a whole weekend. It's a whole thing. With Taylor Swift concerts <laughs> and expensive hot dogs and cardboard cutouts. <laughs> yep. Uh, so the race weekend begins usually on Friday, yeah. uh, which is when practice is mm. usually. So you got, generally, it's practice on Friday, qualifying on Saturday, and race on uh, Sunday. Mm. So practice takes place in three distinct sessions um if you're a crazy person you can tune in and watch these yeah uh, but you don't you know you don't really need to that's basically just the drivers going around getting to feel of the track feeling yeah the they're car. dialing it in yeah figuring um, out the car and testing out what tires work best and all that sort of good stuff yeah unlike something like moto gp that practice has no actual bearing on right. qualifying for the yeah. race so this is really just them cruising around getting a feel for it uh qualifying though uh, also has three distinct sessions, mm. um, but all over the course of one hour. Uh, when you're an F1 fan, it's 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 actually pretty fun to watch. It doesn't mm. really sound like you know t- time trials is basically <laughs> what this is. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no no worries if you don't feel like watching it just yet. But it, it will come. And if you want to watch, maybe just watch the. I don't even know if the final qualifying section is the best one to watch. It might be the best, just for the last few minutes to see who gets pole position. For, I mean, for me, this is where... What I like about watching racing and Formula One in general is... Um, or Formula One in particular, is the story that develops Yeah, uh, over the race. But if you go watch qualifying or even practice, the story starts to develop even more from there. So, mm. um, But I think it's really apparent to see in qualifying because it it happens really fast. The sessions are like uh, 18 minutes, 15 minutes, 12 minutes. That's how long each qualifying session is. So it's this like all out sprint to try to set the fastest time. And that's where things can go wrong. That's where people can overcome deficits. Mm. And like the the seeds for the race are planted there. And that's when you can kind of start rooting for somebody like oh man he did it he had a great qualifying session usually you know that team is way in the back of the field but he's up toward the front now this is going to be amazing to watch 
or like rain or like weather stuff that like comes into effect or if a crash happens and then there's a yellow you know sector and you know who, whoever was supposed to maybe get pole position has to slow down in that spot like there's yeah. a lot that happens um, and the three distinct sort of sectors are knockouts in their own right yeah so in the first one we call it q1 uh everybody goes out on the track and tries to set their fastest lap which is in itself kind of a crazy time because sometimes they try and set their fastest sometimes they're just trying to get into the next i mean like hamilton's not trying to set his fastest lap necessarily right they're trying to they're trying to move on because at the end of this 18 minutes is how long the first one is the slowest five drivers get knocked out yeah bye-bye and then we kind of hit reset Right. They're like, okay, go again. Everybody goes out again for Q2, and again, the slowest five are knocked out mm. um, until we're left with 10 for Q3. And then then it's an all-out sprint yeah. for 12 minutes. And uh, everyone is trying to do their fastest time because at the end of that is where you start on the grid mm. for the race. So the fastest guy overall in Q3 starts from pole position, number yeah. one. And, and whoever, the people who were knocked out in the previous two sectors, wherever they finished is also their position. Correct. So if you just didn't make it in and you're on 15th, uh, you, you, you start on 15th in the next one. Yeah. Or 16th, it would be in that situation. But again, I mean, you will tune in on race day and see where everybody starts yeah. uh, if you don't want to watch qualifying. And they've got highlight packages on the race day to kind of basically give you the skivvy on what happened there. Totally. Um, so what you'll see on race day is the cars will all line up on the grid, uh, and then do what's known as a formation lap, Mm. uh, which is, uh, I love this part because the teams who are all like crowded around the cars, making sure they're all set up correctly, uh, like stand back and then the cars go away for their formation lap and everyone runs, all the engineers (laughs) run back to the pits. It's got a very like, uh, top gun carrier (laughs) deck feel. It's awesome. (laughs) It totally does. Uh, and then after that formation lap, the cars will line up again in their grid spots. Uh, five red lights above the track will illuminate and then turn off, which mm-hmm. is the signal to start the race. Yeah. And we're off and running. Uh, during the race, there will be pit stops. Mm. Uh, and these are vital. Like right. They come in for tire changes. No no refueling in Formula One currently. No. You you have enough fuel to last you the yeah, entire they're, race. They're sitting fat at the start of the, the race. And yeah. then as a result of burning the fuel a little bit nippier near the end. At yeah. least in terms of, you know, pure uh, horsepower and weight allocation. But yeah. you know, they might be slower in other ways, the tires for instance. But you know, these are really, really fast pit stops because all they have to do are, are tires. So yeah. like point you know, one second could mean the difference in a place. Because, yeah. like, if you think about it, if you're behind somebody, say that's, you know, 0.2 seconds, I don't know. Mm. Like, 0.2 seconds behind somebody, that amounts to about a, a few dozen feet. Right. Uh, and if your pit stop is 0.3 seconds faster than theirs, boom, you're ahead. Yeah. So, um, pit stops count for a lot. For sure. And they're mandatory in many respects as well because uh, the way the tires work is you need to change your tires um to two specific sets um uh during each race as well yeah let's let's, let's talk about tires because they're kind of a uh, an important aspect of mm. it um this gets a little complex but just try to stay with me yeah. so there's one tire manufacturer pirelli who mm. makes the teams all the team's tires which is different from other racing disciplines mm. like indycar i think has multiple different tire manufacturers yeah, anyway. f1 f1 used to as well um there are wet weather tires Intermediate tires for like slightly damp yeah, tracks, little, yeah, moist, uh, and then five different dry weather compounds, as yeah. they're known, from from ranging from the intermediate to like the hardest, soft yeah. to hard, varying degrees of hardness. So mm. we've got hard, uh, medium, soft, 
super soft and ultra soft. Fucking <laughs> uh, monster soft. <laughs> right. <laughs> and they all have different colors. Yes. Uh, and the hard stuff is like, can last longer, but it degrades and degrades slower, but it's not as fast. And yes. then the soft stuff it degrades a lot faster, doesn't last as long, but it's fat, but you can get around the car, get around the, the track faster on them. Yeah, they're yeah. actually, they're stickier. The tires themselves right. are, are tackier, so they, the cars grip better. Uh, certain compounds work well at different tracks, but um, at each race, only three of the five compounds will be available for teams yeah. to choose from. Pirelli picks which three. Um, and as you mentioned before, the teams must use at least two different compounds mm. during the race. Uh, you can't run your entire race on super sops, for right. instance. So that means that sometimes they go on hard, the hard compound, which might be for you know twenty five laps or something. Yeah, if you want to like have a stint that lasts a long time, you put yeah. on the the harder tire. And then the soft stuff is used for you know shorter stints, but you want to go faster. So there's tactics involved in like do you start the start of the race when everyone's bunched up on the soft tires because you might be in a better position to overtake. Um, do you use the hard compound later when you're just trying to keep your lead? Uh, all this sort of stuff. There's so many different like variables and use cases and situations and models. Uh, just have it in your head, and when you watch a couple of races, it'll all start to make sense where where they should be with their tires. Right. Yep. Uh, let's see. Other things you'll see flags. Mm. Uh, if there's an incident like a crash or de- debris or something, um, a yellow flag will come out, which basically means slow down in this yes. zone. It means yeah, be re- be be ready to stop. If required. Yeah. Um, you cannot pass under yellow. Hmm. Uh, and usually that's only in a certain zone. So uh, once you get past the zone, someone will be waving, waving a green flag, which means yeah. you can continue to race. Green is just normal. Yeah. yeah. Go for it. Uh, VSC, if you see that flashing right. uh, on any signs, that stands for virtual safety car. Jesus. <laughs> uh, which is a mouthful. But it's sort of like a full course yellow. Right, yeah. Uh, drivers have to slow down no matter where they are on track, no passing. That's mm. um, for like a, a, a bigger incident. Yeah. Uh, but for the biggest incident, you have red flag, which means the race is uh, paused. Yeah. Um, and uh, all the cars come in and basically we will restart this race when whatever. That's usually happens if like Armco is busted, the side of the track is broken. Yeah, they need or to fix a barrier. Or there's a crash in a part of the track where they can't easily... Get us get it out of the way. Right. They need to put, bring a support vehicle onto the track to lift it off, like a crane. Right. Uh, there's a few other obscure ones, but the last one I'll mention is uh, the blue flag. Uh, that's waved for cars who are usually the ones that are being lapped, mm. um, and basically means heads up. There's a faster driver uh, coming up behind you. Uh, the the top tier drivers, especially You're right, Sebastian Vettel, yes. love to complain about slower cars. Yeah, in not getting out of the way. Yep. Uh, and then as we mentioned before the points system yeah um the top 10 drivers are assigned points first place gets 25 points for a win uh second place gets 18 followed by 15 for third place 12 for fourth place 10 for five then it steps down from there in two point increments Mm. until 10th place which gets one point so first and second big difference seven point swing yeah uh 11th place and below get nothing nothing you get nothing and you like it uh, should we do teams and drivers? Sure. Please. I feel like this will be very interesting to those who have been with us for a while because uh, pretty big, uh, big shake-up this yeah, year. Yeah, a lot of shakes up From top, top, top team shake-ups as well. It's pretty cool. Um, and again, I, I wouldn't <laughs> expect 
anyone new to Formula One to remember all of these, but... Um, yeah, this is, like, the F1 might have the most, like, densely, dense, like, amalgamation of surnames you have never heard. Like, it is... Yeah. It is just weird yes. names from around the world that you have, like, w- 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 people are called to this. <laughs> right. uh, and, like, also, like, weird first names. Just everything sure. about them is just weird. Yeah. Like, Lewis Hamilton. I don't know anyone called Lewis or anyone with the surname Hamilton. Like, just across the board, weird names. Jensen Button. I mm-hmm. mean, like, literally even, like, the people from the, you know, your ethnicity or culture or whatever. Yeah, I guess you're right. Are also a they're, fucked up names. They're all, I mean, <laughs> so these are, it's a weird bunch. you got to be kind of a special kind of person to be yeah, a Formula kind of wealthy, maybe. Maybe. Although, you know, there are plenty who, who, are, who aren't as well. But, like, yeah, yeah certain, yeah, yeah, it's weird. Um, anyway, we should probably just go through the names. <laughs> yeah, so uh, here's here's kind of how I came into to F1 and started um, being a- attached to drivers. I guess right. it's like you you you'll watch a few races, you'll you'll like the cut of a guy's jib, right? Um, you know, somebody will do something remarkable, like overcome some deficit or make some awesome move, and then you'll remember that guy and yeah. you'll start to like it. Like that's my guy. And they are all guys. Yes, uh, they this are. Season. We are. Yeah, we should mention that there. There are some uh, female test drivers. There have been female drivers in F one, but right now there isn't. There hasn't been that many. Sausage fest. All right, total sausage fest. Uh, or you know, sometimes the opposite is true. Someone will do something you don't like, and then mm. you have an enemy. Um, and you know, our our opinions on this podcast will probably inform that as well. Or you can decide to disagree with us. Uh, just know that it'll take four or five races to really kind of yeah. get your favorites going. You'll, you'll, you'll probably have an eye on one or two of them after the first race. Yeah. Or, you know, if you don't have time to watch or don't feel like you would get anything out of it, you can just listen to the podcast and absorb affinities for drivers and teams through osmosis. And yeah, we'll tell you then, what to like. Then try watching. Yo, Kimi Raikkonen's all right. Yeah, he's, he's pretty good. Yeah. All right. So let's start with Mercedes. Sure. The winners from last year. That's right, uh, in First the Constructors' second. Championship and the Drivers' Championship. Mm-hmm. Back to back. Back to back. Um, their uh, their uh, most senior driver mm. is Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, came second last year, was beaten by his uh, his then um, uh, teammate uh, who has since retired. Yeah, he yeah. dropped the mic. He, he like a week after he won. Yeah, it was just he like, won the championship and then peace. Yeah. I am not racing again. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, he is from the UK, Lewis Hamilton. He is. From Uck. From Uck. Uh, 25%, his... 25% of me is from the UK. <laughs> so I, I hear. I did one of those DNA test things. Nice. 70% Irish, 25% for, uh, like UK. So that could be Scotland or... Okay. All right. I'm some. I'm, I'm, <laughs> like getting on the defensive by being quarter English. <laughs> and then 5% Scandinavian. Okay. Yeah. 5%, 5% be more. Kimi 5% Viking. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, you should do one of those. You probably like... Probably all over the place. 150% techno-viking. <laughs> uh, anyway, sorry, Mercedes. Lewis Hamilton's teammate... Yes, this year. is uh, is He's new to Mercedes, but not new to Formula One, mm. is Valtteri Bottas. Yes. He's Finnish. He was That's at, where that name comes from. Yeah, Valtteri Bottas, yeah. He was at Williams for uh, three, four seasons, maybe? Maybe four seasons. Yeah. Uh, 2013, I think he joined up with them, so... He, he's a personal favorite of mine. Yes. Um, he's a very... He's sort of the... <laughs> Personally, he's the opposite of Lewis Hamilton. Yes, he's very uh, cold or very... Uh, he's soft-spoken, yeah. and he's uh, more humble, I yeah. would say. Um, and, and he doesn't... 
He doesn't stir the pot as much, although I, he does I, on the track. Though yes, he can't like he's he's no pushover on the track, right? But he's definitely like he he's, his his work is done on the track, and he doesn't and make it. drama outside of it, basically. Right, yeah. and that's I think why I like him so much. And yeah. he's he's made some some really cool moves as as we've been watching. And I like this because he could get Hamilton is able to like get under the skin of his teammates. Mm-hmm. He always ha- he did even with Button as well and with Nico last year. I don't think he's going to shake. Valtteri, no, he doesn't I, I seem don't... like a ruffable character. No, Valtteri. not at all. So I think it's a really good combination. Yeah, I, I'm really excited to see how that shakes out. Uh, next, next up in the teams, Red Bull. Oh, yes. The energy drink, guys. Right. That's nice of them to be involved. <laughs> I wonder if they're any good. Yes, they are. <laughs> they're quite good. They dominated the sport for like six years at one stage, uh, but haven't been doing it recently. No, they've been um, they've been getting better and better, I would say, over the past few years. But uh, there's been a... a a growing period. Um, they have a Renault engine, as mentioned before. Mm. Although some people will say it's a Tag Heuer right. engine. Yeah. This is a weird. Uh, don't have time to go into it, but yeah. it's a Renault engine. <laughs> um, their drivers are. Let's start with Daniel Ricciardo. Danny Ricciardo. He's Australian, so he's going to be at his home race uh, for the first uh, week. Um, yeah, super nice guy. Super bright. Big smile. Very positive figure. Um, he had some ups and downs last season, for sure. Uh, some sort of run-ins with the team, some strategy calls that maybe he wasn't super happy about. Yep. Um, uh, and he was—he's—he's he's the lead driver now, but he was always—he was kind of second in command for a long time. Um, but they had a little bit of a uh, well. For sta- when Vettel left, they brought in a new driver who didn't last very long, and now his teammate is a child. He's—he's <laughs> <laughs> he's still nineteen. He's an adult now. He's still nineteen years old. And that is Max Verstappen. Yeah. Who, by the way. Breaking news, his driver designation is no longer VES. Oh, what is it now? V-E-R. Oh, Verstappen. Verstappen, yeah. Do you know why it was VES before? No. Because when Verstappen came in, Jean-Eric Verne was racing and he had VER. So now Verstappen is Missed opportunity, should have been MAX. (laughs) Should have just gone with Max. That'd be good. Would have been great. Uh, He is from the Netherlands. Yes. Max Verstappen is. Hmm. Uh, for the fourth season in, in F1, I think. He was with Toro Rosso for two... He came in in, in his first race was 2014. Right, maybe he just did one, and then he did a season with them, and then he was basically brought into Red Bull then. Last ha- year, halfway, halfway through last through year. Through the last season, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. This is his first season starting. God. Yeah. Well, thank God. Last year's season was long. Yeah, man. It feels like it was two seasons. Yeah. Uh, next up, Ferrari. Yes, you may have heard of them. They make fancy race cars. They are red. They are very red. Uh, Sebastian Vettel. Yes, the aforementioned ex-Red Bull driver. Right. He is German, Mm. and he won a lot of championships with Red Bull. He sure did. He's Um, a very good driver. And he's paired with another very good driver as well. Yes, Kimi Raikkonen. And and also another ex-championship winner. Yes. Uh, He is also Finnish, like Valtteri Bottas. And uh, they call him the Iceman, because he is... Let's say stoic. That's a that's an understatement. Yeah, he likes karting. He likes racing. He likes, couldn't possibly think of any pop song that he likes. He likes getting really drunk and falling <laughs> off of his boat. Yeah, he there likes are a lot finishing of... races and walking off onto his boat. Yes. He likes telling interviewers that he didn't see the podium celebration because he was having a shit. <laughs> uh, and he says "boah" a lot. Yeah, that's that's Kimi Reganen for um. K- Kimi is basically the Streisand effect of F1 in that he is like he does not want any part of being a celebrity whatsoever. No. But because of his like weird Finnish ways and his stoicism, he's just like such an attractive figure of like 
parody and stuff. Yeah, that everyone it just has loves like them. diehard fans. Yes, around the world, you will especially always see... in, in Asia. Yes, they fucking love Kimi Raikkonen. Yeah. They love a bit of Kimi in Japan. You'll see a lot of Finnish flags. Yes, yeah, that's the weirdest part. It's like Finnish flags being like waved in, around in like... the Japanese crowd. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, next up, let's go with Force India. Sure, they are Mercedes powered. Yes. Um, their drivers are Sergio Perez. Yeah, poor Sergio. He's been asked to lose some weight for the first race. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> they told him to lose like two pounds or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, super fun Mexican driver. Yep. Um, yeah, he's a, he's he's the lead one there. He was at a team called Sauber for a number of years, but he's been set, setting up on Force India for a, while, a bit now. Uh, yeah, and he's, he's got a, another rookie. I think he really came into his own last season. Yeah. He, Force India was always, to me at least, like this sort of, like, just another team, but mm. they were really fun to watch last year, particularly uh, with Sergio Perez. But yeah. yes, his teammate. Uh, yeah, he's been Perez with them for three years, I think, and then his teammate is uh, Esteban Ocon. Ocon, yes, yeah. a Frenchman. Yes. Who is uh, moving over from the now defunct Manor team. Right. There yeah. used to be 11 teams, but Manor went bankrupt, so now we have 10. Uh, and is replacing um, another driver who moved on to a different team, which we'll get to. Hmm. Uh, let's go with Williams. Sure. Also Mercedes-powered. Yeah. Uh, they have Felipe Massa. Who retired last year. Yep. <laughs> and then said, psych. Yeah. I'm coming back, baby. Well, when Rosberg quit, All right. it completely scrambled everything. Yeah. Um, because that meant Botas moved from Williams and freeing up a spot on Williams. Right. Uh, meant that they would have had to fill two seats, right? Because which is a bit of a nightmare. Uh, yeah. So they already had a rookie coming in, Lance Stroll. Yeah. who is Massa's teammate. He's Canadian. He is Canadian, so he'll have uh, he'll have an American accent. You don't hear a lot of those. And they don't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to to fill the seat, uh, Massa unretired. Uh, he's Brazilian, by the way. Felipe Massa is. Yes. Uh, never won a championship. Um, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Kind of really close though. One super time, super close. He got literally within one turn of it, and then in his home, in his hometown, or in his home um, country, anyway. Um, yeah, and almost said it. Uh, big fan favorite. People like Felipe Massa a lot. Yeah. Um, story driver has been around for a long time. He's in his mid thirties. Um, and a veteran. Yeah. So, and he had an amazingly, like, at Interlagos in Brazil last year, a great, like, he crashed on the main straight, uh, and again, in his home country, and there was a really nice, like, you know, heartfelt, like, honor, guard of honor, basically, in the pit lane for him and everything, and it was a wonderful, like, way to retire, mm-hmm. and now he gets to do that all over again, <laughs> yeah. presumably. Uh, great to have him back, though. I'm delighted to have him back. Yeah. I like him a lot. Uh, Lance Stroll is a rookie, as we mentioned. Uh, yeah. He was the 2016 Euro Formula 3 champion. There you go. Uh, and has crashed a few times in testing, in I've, preseason I've testing. I've been hearing this. I haven't seen much of preseason testing. Uh, they're like minor crashes, but okay. uh, there is already a website. Oh, has no. Stroll crashed dot today. Oh, God. Dot today? <laughs> yeah. Ugh, God. Fucking hell. TLDs have gotten real weird. Oh, yeah. I don't like that one. Yeah. We used it? to have one called Has Pastor <coughs> Maldonado crashed today? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, he uh, crashed out of F1 eventually, along with the Venezuelan economy, as it looks, actually. Right. That's Yikes. one of those pay drivers. Uh, but uh, according to that website, it has been 19 days, 8 hours, 11 minutes, and 56 seconds since nice Lance Stroll. Congratulations. Well done. Yeah. McLaren. Yes. As we mentioned. They're British. They are uh, powered by Honda. They're British and, as such, have no British drivers. <laughs> yes. Their <laughs> they're, uh, veteran driver is Fernando Alonso. Yes. From Espana. Espana. I'm from Espana. 
He's a beautiful man. He sits on deck chairs. He is perhaps the best pound-for-pound driver on the field. Multiple championship winner, uh, but has been stuck in a bit of a lemon for the past couple of years. Yeah, which is... Yeah, he has he has languished. Yeah, but he's also still there. Yep. Like, if he wanted to shake, move somewhere else, like, he could make a stink about it and do it. Yeah. I feel like he's also kind of relaxed a bit in his, in his older... I mean, he's a multiple championship winner, and... He's like he's a little bit more chill. Had a really nasty crash last year um, Ooh, yeah. in the opening race. Actually, it was in Melbourne. Yeah, three. And they actually had to get their reserve driver Stoffel Van Dorn to fill in for him. Oh, Stoffel! And Stoffel got him a point. He did in his first ever race. Fair play. And now he's his teammate. Right. It's great. Yeah. He was so good in the car. Stoffel's a young enough driver. Twenty four, I think. Alonso's in his mid thirties as well. Um, yeah, he's a he's a he's a. This will be a nice little partnership. I think I think this is a better partnership. Last year they had Jensen Button in 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 the number two seat. I guess you'd probably say. Yeah. Um. And uh, kind of it was like the two elder statesmen, as it were, of F one on the same team, but two uh, championship winners. Um, yeah, Button kind of did a non-retirement retirement. Yeah. And is now a reserve driver for McLaren. Right. Yeah. Um. But yeah. But uh, Van Doren is Belgian. Mm. Um. And was the 2015 GP two champion or right. Formula two champion. He also has the highest number in the uh, on the the grid. He is number two on his helmet. Really? Yeah. Oh, he's got two. I think the only there is somebody who's got number three. Who is it? Ricardo's got three. Oh, right. Um, yes. Because yeah. and this is not a joke. He is a big Dale Earnhardt fan. Right. Yeah. It's amazing. No one's got one. Nobody's got one. Who got ninety nine again? There was somebody mm, got ninety nine. Is he? It doesn't happen anymore though. It doesn't really matter. The number is like. You can barely added, even see it on the cars. Yeah, they added them back in like two seasons ago, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. And people just picked whatever their favorite was. Uh, next up, <clears throat> Toro Rosso. Very good. It's been a while. It's been a while since you said that. It is. You never lost it. It's impressive. Uh, they are a Renault-powered yeah. car this season. Last year, they were Ferrari-powered. This oh, year, yeah. they're Renault-powered. Um, they're, uh, let's see, their number one driver, I guess, um, Danny Cafiat. Right. We should also mention that Toro Rosso is Red Bull. In Italian. <laughs> that is true. If yes. you've not picked up on that. This they is their are, B team, basically. Yeah, right? they're affiliated. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, B team's a good, a good way to say it. Uh, Daniel Kvyat, who mm-hmm. likes to be called Danny. Um, yeah, Russian. Uh, very young driver. Uh, sort of was at the, the bigger team, the big boys, Red Bull, up until a couple of races into last season. He had some sort of bad races in a row. Had a nasty double crash incident with Vettel in Russia, which probably was the straw that broke the camel's back. Also, Max Verstappen, who was uh, right. at Toro Rosso, yes. uh, was, was tearing it. it up. Yeah. And I think Red Bull were like, mm. Yeah, we'll go with this one, maybe. Um, yeah. The Kvyat's young, too. He's only 22 years old. Um, wow. Really? Uh, yeah, he is. Uh, same age as Carlos Sainz Jr., actually, his teammate. That's right. Yeah. Carlos Sainz Jr., um, the son of uh, famed rally driver, Carlos Sainz. Yeah. Also from <laughs> España. Yeah. España. Uh, yeah, I don't know. He's he's there. He's a good driver. Yeah, we'll see a bit more from him this year. Maybe you know he had a settling in season. Um, yeah, we're looking forward to see more. That I feel like I feel like that is the weakest Toro Russell we've had in a while. This team. Yeah, there, I, there's I no think like, also their Ferrari engine was from 2015. Right last year. Okay, so I would expect I expect a lot more from Toro Russell this yeah. season. I would like for them to kick that in. And so is that been confirmed that they're on? They're on the which this year's Renault? Yeah, they're on a Renault. Yeah, I think yeah. so. It was a bit up in there for a while. Um, next up, Team Gene House. Oh, yeah. Newest team uh, on the grid. An American team. And as such, have no Americans. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they have a Frenchman and a Dane yes. racing for them. But yes, a great an, Dane. An American team uh, just means they are funded by an American company called yeah. Haas. They make 
machining equipment. Right. Like computer, they make robots that make other things. Is that what Haas makes? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Like a manufacturing. They make like CNC They make robots devices. that make robots? Yes. Are they the, oh wow. Like, Were they in Horizon Zero Dawn? That sounds very familiar. <laughs> Yo, you want to you wanna lathe? Talk to Gene Haas. <laughs> lathe. They also have a NASCAR team in Stuart Haas Racing. Yes. They are not the Carl Haas. Yes, I got that wrong for a long time. Or, uh, as they were called in IndyCar, Newman Haas Racing. Newman Haas. I, that was a great video game. I used to play that. Oh, really? Newman Haas Racing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Back in like 2001 or something. Yeah, yeah. Carl Haas and Paul Newman had a <laughs> indie team. It's awesome. Uh, there's actually a really good um, documentary on really? Netflix about Paul, Paul Newman, Newman. Paul Newman? Paul Newman. Really? It's, it's called... Um, That's amazing. Oh, what is it? The subtitle is The Racing Life of Paul Newman. <laughs> okay. so just search Paul Newman and you can see how much he really, really loved race cars. There's no shortage of famous actuary people who are into racing. Yeah. Uh, uh, Eric Bana. Eric Bana. Uh, the guy from McDreamy from, uh, yeah. what's his name? Patrick Dempsey. Patrick Dempsey, yeah, yeah. yeah. Eric Bana's also got a documentary about him, right? Yes. What's it called Love again? the Beast. Love the Beast. It's great, too. That's when you realize that Eric Bana is a driver first and literally does acting to pay for his driving yep. career. It's fucking so I think so all weird. three of those guys yeah. said the same thing. Dempsey's the same thing. It's so weird. Yeah. Anyway, Haas. Haas. They are Ferrari-powered. Yes. Uh, their uh, senior driver is Roman Grosjean. Yes, a Swiss-born Frenchman. Yes. Mm. Uh, he, he's, he's a lovable guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> has done multiple uh, quotes from Talladega Nights. <laughs> yes. Uh, as has Daniel Ricciardo, actually. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's a lot of, yeah. it's a lot of Talladega Especially Nights when they go to a, So he did the hands thing as yeah. well, Ricciardo did in America last right. year. I don't know what to do with my yeah. hands. Uh, Grosjean was with Lotus for a number of years, um, swapped over to Haas uh, last year, and had a really good start to a season, but it just kind of didn't peter out a little bit. Yeah, Haas, uh, I mean, last year was their first season in, yes. so a lot of growing pains. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't necessarily expect a lot more from them this season, right? but um, I, I'm happy to see them, uh, you know, keeping up. Yeah, Grosjean's been in the sport for um, not too long, but he's actually 30. Oh, really? Yeah, he's actually quite... He's got five years on Kevin Magnussen. Okay. Yeah, his teammate, uh, who, as we mentioned before, is Danish. Mm. Uh, he came and replaced Esteban Gutierrez, who was Grosjean's teammate last year. Esteban. Uh, who is no longer in Formula One. He is not. Uh, and Magnussen came from Renault. Yes. Uh, which has a Renault engine. A French team, so as such, they have a German and an English driver. That's <laughs> Yep. That's how it goes. Uh, also, if you are American and uh, have never seen the word Renault spelled, it's spelled like <laughs> Renault. So if you see that, that's what Renault is. Right. Um, their drivers are uh, Nico Hulkenberg mm. um, from Germany. He is actually moving from Force India. Yes. Uh, and replacing Kevin Magnussen. Uh, he, Force India for a long while. He was, and never really, despite winning the 24 Hours of Le Mans in 2015, right. yeah. never really lit it up uh, on the Formula One track. No, his highest uh, positions in those years uh, were like 9th, 10th, 11th. Yeah. He never really peaked any higher than, than that. Uh, and his... Oh, I guess, sorry, that was how he finished, sorry, in the yeah, championship. In the championship, yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, and his teammate is uh, one Julian Jolian? Jolian, yeah. Jolian. Jolian Palmer. I've Palmer. heard... I, jo, Jolian is a... I wouldn't say common, but I know a couple of Jolians. Okay. Uh, uh, he's from the UK. Yeah. He was a test driver at Lotus in Force India mm-hmm. in the past. Uh, Lotus became Renault, by the way. Right. Renault yeah. bought the Lotus team, so there's no more Lotus. Bye-bye. Uh, but yeah, Palmer... Uh, his first season was last year. Um, 
Renault wasn't looking too great last yeah, year. Yeah, and he wasn't looking too great either. I think also that that car in particular. Uh, oh wait, no, I'm thinking of Toro Rosso. Which or am I thinking of Renault? One of the cars was not built to its engine. Oh right, like it was built for a Mercedes engine, and they just dropped a Renault into it. Oh, I forget. I think that's that car. Because it was because it was Lotus who used Mercedes. They're sort of looking for like a young British driver to like come in and and do like I feel like he kind of looks like he was going a little bit the way of Paul Resto or it just like wasn't happening with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hopefully this season he does a bit better. I mean Hamilton's obviously super dominant, but he's also been around a little while. Um, yeah, so I'd like to see him hopefully get some get some points this year. I think Resto is a reserve driver for Williams. Is he really? Yeah. Huh. He's also a Sky Sports commentator. Oh, or pundit or whatever you want to call him. Talking head. Yeah. Uh, and finally, Sauber. Swiss again. I believe. <laughs> Swiss and you miss it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They are using a Ferrari engine from last year. Right. Okay. Uh, which, you know, Tara Russo did it um, last year and got seventh in the championship. Right. I, I think so. It's, you know, not necessarily a death sentence, but Sauber has traditionally been uh, in the back of the field mm. with manor but they no longer exist so right so they're on their own yeah yeah Hoss but hey doing all right. they can't do worse than 10th that's true uh their drivers are marcus erickson yeah who is a swede mm. uh and pascal verline who is young yes he was at dtm for a while and german yeah he's a whippersnapper he's a bit 20 22 years old i think yeah they there was a little bit uh of you know rumors of him moving up to mercedes right uh but would have he, been quite the jump it would have been yeah he mm. he was at manor uh and had only one year of experience so right i mean but the guy can drive he mm. won the 2015 dtm championship so mm. he's he's a good carsman well, good to see Erickson get some points maybe this year he got nada last year yeah and you know he's been around a while now he's he's I'm just looking here actually he's got 56 entries so you know it's a long time without well, last season at least it was a long time without getting points. Yeah, there's a lot of good talent mm. in the field. Let's take it to the 2017 season. What sure. do you say? Here's what's new. What's new? Mainly the, the cars. cars. They look totally different side by side. This they look. All- they look different. They look so different. If you're a Formula One fan, they look very different. Okay, that's a good point. If yeah. you're a non Formula One fan, yeah. they're like they've well. still got four wheels. <laughs> yeah, they've still got spoilers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the 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 short version of the new car designs is that. Um, more aerodynamics, uh, more downforce, more grip, mm. and thus faster cars. Yeah. And more um, fucking angles, baby. Yeah. Mm. Also means some visual changes, like yeah. a swept front wing. So instead of a like a T, yeah. it looks more like an arrow. So they look right. really pointy. It's like and bursting through the air. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's also a lower... They've lowered the rear wing, which mm. makes the car look sleeker. The I tires are, th- are wider. They're gigantic yeah, tires. They're so funny looking. And a lot of the teams uh, have put um <coughs> excuse me have uh have put drivers in the cars this year i know <laughs> robo race was doing so well i don't know how you even they, they're calling them the shark fins oh yeah they are behind the driver's head behind the intake mm. and then they it's like this just this plane on the back of the car instead of tapering down to the tires it's like this fin yeah that uh directs air right to the rear spoiler right um i think they're awesome yeah they scoop it off i like them a lot some people are saying they're ugly but i don't think so yeah i like them a lot. they are not as well adorned by a lot of the the paint jobs as i would have expected right i think haas does that the best but um 
Uh, apparently, they were around in from like 2008 to 2010. Right. Uh, but they, they're new to me on Formula One cars. They've been around for like Le Mans cars mm. uh, for a number of years. But in Formula One cars, they are, they are brand new. Uh, can we talk about the paint jobs? Yes, let's talk about the paint jobs. Paint jobs are great. The paint jobs are great. Is that Force India pink car their default car? I think so. That is so good. I'm so ha- That's so good. I love it. I mean, I like their color before, uh-huh. but if they're just going to go with, with, with that pink car, then it's going to be so much easier to know where they are. Totally. Like, uh, especially this year, I think they if they had done silver, it would have been confused with Mercedes. If they would have yes. done orange, it would have been confused with McLaren. Totally. But now they are bright pink, Yeah, which is a color you don't see a lot of in racing in general, except for... for um, Whenever they do super the, GT, yeah, yeah, it's for sure. Um, I, I, I wonder. I don't. I haven't read up about this, but I wonder if this was like one of the things that Liberty were like, okay, we're going to rebrand F one. You need to figure out your fucking car colors <laughs> because there's only ten teams. It's not like NASCAR. It's not like other disciplines where there's like, you know, you've got like maybe two different drivers on with different paint jobs. Even like it's there are only ten cars. You should have ten distinct colors. And I feel like for the first time in Donkey's years everyone's got their own look. Yeah, everybody like, looks pretty different. Even, is... like, even the Sauber one is blue and white, but it's, it's the way they've done it is like white side pods and blue top. Like the, 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 the Toro Rosso, like Red oh. Bull one. So, like Toro Rosso and Red Bull for the longest time were really difficult. Like side by side, you could tell the difference, but like driving on a track, you couldn't. Yeah. The fucking Toro Rosso one looks like, a, looks like a can of Red Bull. It looks like chrome almost. Yeah, I, I think that's my favorite one. It's so good looking. It also looks way more America than even you're uh, right. the Haas team. Yeah, it's you're red, totally white, right. and blue. It's so good. Like the, so I guess, should we do a rundown of the colors and sure. stuff for everyone? Yeah, so Mercedes is, uh, they're you can barely tell them apart from last year. They're yeah. pretty much the same. Uh, but they're uh, they're silver and kind of a teal. Yeah, I like the the tints they've done. Yeah, uh, on the, I think the tint on the silver is a little bit bluer, maybe or something. Okay. Um, and the teal that they have is very unique. It's very like you know Caribbean ocean, you know shallow water kind of color to it. Sure. Um, let's see, Red Bull. I mean, yeah, the kind of also pretty like similar last year, but yeah. it, it's like a it's like a, a dark blue. Um, with a big old Red Bull on both the the top sort of air intake and also on the leading down towards the um, front spoiler. Yeah, some some yellow accents. Yeah. Uh, hey, Ferrari is a red car. Yeah, sure. Uh, hey, you know if it ain't broke, right? Uh, although I do like the they've got the Italian flag colors uh, in a stripe along the fin. Which oh, I really? Is a nice touch. It's oh, that's cool. Like, it's it's oh, it's red do. and white, but it's just a slight yeah. bit of green, which I really enjoy. That's really nice. Um, fucking McLaren, man. That's such a good color. It's a really good color. I don't know if I like the uh, the way it's the the, the way it's deployed. Done, yeah, there's orange and black. Yeah, um, they got orange spoiler. Really easy to see. It. This looks like a shark fin in men. This looks like a fish in lots of ways. Like the way the <laughs> the it's like like a manta ray or something like an orange manta ray mm. on top of their car or something. Um, yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, Williams have kind of stayed la- close to last year as well. Their Martini branding thing, like what they did like last year, it was mm-hmm. so solid that I'm happy they stuck with it. Yeah. Uh, also, they they there's like this cool uh, red and blue ribbon yeah. that goes along the entire length of the car, and then, and then it goes up onto the shark fin. I it's think that's so a nice. nice. Touch. Yeah, the whole length of the car. Uh, Gene Haas, um, I would say better than last year. Yeah. The colors are still kind of boring, but it's it's an improvement. There's it, it looks it looks meaner. I yeah. Think. It, yeah, it does. It, 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 and it's something about it looks super 90s. Like a lot of these ones, the it's, colors... It's are, very utilitarian. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, the lines on it are very sharp. 
Um, it looks like it looks like like an F one car that like you would get as like a child, like a toy one. Like and okay. it's very boxy and and yeah, yeah, like there's not much like flow to it. Like the like the, um, the like basically every other one we've seen has had like a sort of a paint job, which like like aerodynamically looks. This is very much like no, this is this color, this is that color. Right. Yeah. Let me see if this is still working. Mic this whole time. <laughs> uh, Renault, I like a lot. They they went more aggressive with the black. Um, they're yellow and black. Yeah, I think it looks making looks like a like a yellow jacket or something. Right. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the Lotus stuff actually. Um, Very aggressive bumblebee kind of looking thing. Yeah, and Sauber, I think the the copper trim makes it look like yeah. a can of beer from the nineteen seventies. <laughs> it totally does. Yeah, I like this a lot. For blue and white, I mean, there's not much you can. They could, I guess, they could have been a bit more crazy, but I kind of like it. Yeah, yeah. it looks stylish. Uh, in addition to the the big old shark fins along the back of the the car, a number of teams, um, I think it's Mercedes, Ferrari, Williams, and Haas hmm. uh, have this little. So apparently, there's like a a fifty millimeter along the length of the car. There's a fifty millimeter no man's land where the FIA didn't say you couldn't put a wing. You're kidding. So these guys put a wing, like this tiny Wait, little did? wing. Uh, Ferrari, Mercedes, Williams, and Haas. You are kidding me. It's oh, this tiny. So they call them the T wings. They're like you know a foot long or something, and they're right on the back, like near where the shark fin is. <laughs> um, oh yeah, look at these little things and. <laughs> That's I, so funny. This is from uh, motorsport.com. The winglets generate little downforce of their own, uh, and their short cord isn't significant enough to consider them in that respect. Instead, they should be seen as a way of further manipulating the airflow Air, yeah. ahead, ahead of the rear wing. Yeah, so, totally. Uh, I just like that. Look, you didn't say we couldn't put one here, so <laughs> we put one here. Oh, my God. Uh, motorsport.com also has a really technical breakdown of everybody's cars. Um, and from like an aerodynamic mm. perspective. Um, the, the article's way too technical for me, but it seems that Red Bull is uh, aggressive, Mercedes is conservative, and mm. Ferrari is somewhere in the middle. Cool. So we will see how that all shakes out. But the whole point of all these changes were to make the cars faster, which is a weird thing because like you're all racing each other, so if you all get faster, it doesn't really change anything. <laughs> right. Uh, but for what it's worth, in this is from ESPN.co.uk, in testing at Circuit de Catalunya, uh, which just concluded, by the way, the preseason tests, right. there were eight days of it, uh, the cars were capable of lap times three seconds faster than last year's pole position yeah. at the Spanish Grand Prix. I saw, Reich, I saw a side-by-side of Raikkonen this year um, with um, Lewis's pole uh, in Catalonia last year, mm-hmm. and he like, blitzed them by almost four, I thought it was. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and four seconds <coughs> over one lap oh, is loads. a lot. Yeah. Like, Hamilton's rounding the corner when he's crossing the line. Yeah. It's not so... Might have been five seconds on that one, actually. Uh, let's see. I've got a quote here from the same story from Botas. Um, asked if they were more difficult to drive. Uh, Botas says uh, they're different. Uh, quote, I've definitely needed to adapt some things on my driving style, take mm. slightly different lines, and use slightly different driving techniques. Uh, it's not just because it's a different car with more grip. 
mechanically it behaves a bit differently, which takes a bit of time if you want to get absolutely everything out of the car. Uh, but I feel I've learned massively. I feel I can extract more and more uh, about the car, but there's, <clears throat> but there's still more to come for sure. Um, it's interesting when you've got such a drastic change to the cars. Mm. Uh, it seems like the drivers will be adapting throughout the season and seeing who does so faster right. will be uh, interesting. Yeah, I, I, I like, you know, it, this sort of stuff happens every couple of years where there's a bit of a shift. I'm not sure how much of a shift this one is, um, but it's enough that hopefully it'll the first couple of races will be pretty interesting. Like, you never know. Some people grasp the new car like it feels really good to them. Some mm-hmm. some folks don't. And, you know, for good drivers struggling, that's always good for, for the competitiveness, especially early in the season. Uh, speaking of testing, preseason testing, uh, I've got a timesheet here of the fastest times. Ooh. Um, topped by the aforementioned Kimi Raikkonen uh, in his Ferrari, um, followed by Sebastian Vettel in a Ferrari. Uh, then the two Mercedes drivers, Valtteri and Hamilton, mm. uh, or Botas and Hamilton. Hamilton. <clears throat> um, and then, let's see, Williams, Red Bull, Toro Rosso, Renault, Red Bull, Force India, Force India, Renault, Williams, Toro Rosso, Haas, McLaren, McLaren, Haas, Sauber, Sauber. <laughs> uh, so... I don't know. It's it's tough to tell what this actually means. Mm. It's it's only testing. Um, uh, Verstappen says there was a minor issue with the Red Bull cars. That's why they weren't going as fast. Right. Um, Which does happen a lot. Sure. I mean, yeah. uh, they also apparently will have an upgraded chassis and engine for the race. Wow. Okay. So I I expect a lot from uh, from Red Bull. Mm. Uh, McLaren is still having a rough time with their Honda engine yeah. at this early stage, which is really a bummer to see. That's three seasons in a row now. It's like, I, yeah, I'm just, we're all waiting for the time which Alonso comes on and goes, the car's great this year. Yeah. Or like, it's okay this year, you know, or yeah. it's consistent. Like, I feel like, yeah, the problems they have seem to be, you know. Uh, during testing Ferrari, uh, Mercedes had zero engine failures. Ferrari okay. had one. McLaren had seven. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I hope that is not uh, indicative of the season, but right. uh, we will see. Mm-mm. Uh, also, apparently, according to the BBC, Honda has made an exploratory approach to Mercedes about an engine. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Um, a bit late for that, maybe. Yeah, but I mean, it could be next season. Who knows? But yeah. you know, they, still around. the article points out that it's not quite that simple to just change engines because uh, Honda's partnership is rumored to come with a $100 million annual bonus, right. along with a free engine and half the driver's salary. Wow. Okay. So. Jeez. Ain't cheap. Yeah. It's a business. Um, Verstappen says overtaking is not harder. It's about the same. He tried it, apparently, on uh, uh, during testing. Right. Um, I mean, he's pretty good at overtaking, though. He's probably like the best at overtaking. Yes. <laughs> yeah. If you want to see a banger of a race, go watch go watch last season's uh, Brazilian Grand Prix. Right. Jeez, Louise. Um. So yeah, here's all right. Here's kind of the feeling I get from everybody. Okay. Uh, after reading a lot think? of like preseason coverage, Ferrari I think will be stronger than we've seen, mm. uh, at least in the years that I've been watching, which is since 2014 was my first all right uh, full season. Right. Yeah. Um. Mercedes is is being quiet, but I think they'll be dominant. Uh, maybe even as much as they were in the past. Right. Who knows? Yeah. I hope that they can be challenged by somebody else. 
Uh, Red Bull, I think, is holding back right now, but they're probably going to be a true contender. Mm. I think the Renault engine has come a long way. Um, but they may still have some streakiness of like good and bad, which we've seen. I, I hope they have ironed a lot of the kinks out. Mm. Um, and the fact that Verstappen and Ricardo have now been both been in uh, on the team for a while, yeah. that uh, hopefully that'll make things better. Uh, I think Renault will make a marked improvement. Mm. Uh, I don't know if they'll challenge Williams or Force India. Um, Force India probably be closer to the number four spot than Williams. Uh, Williams, although they they could be terrible or amazing, they're the biggest right. kind of like yeah, what? yeah, who complete knows? unknown at this point. Um, Toro Rosso, I think, will do a lot better with their engine. Um, yeah, I, I think their faster pace will be less of a surprise, considering. Uh, Haas, I'm going to watch closely, but I'm not sure they'll be much different from last yeah. year. Same goes for McLaren, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, Alonzo and Van Dorn are both talented guys. Uh, if they can overcome the problems, I think that'll be really fun to watch, too. I think it's going to be... I think Stoffel's... Of, I love Jensen Button a lot, but he did feel like he was a little bit checked out last year. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing a very hungry Stoffel Van Dorn. Totally. I, I think <clears throat> I think there will be a really good mid, midfield battle yes. shaping up, yeah. and I also think there will be a pretty good toward-the-top battle, at I, least way better than last year, too. Yeah, I think it'll be better than last year. I'm still a little bit cynical about it. We'll just have to see what happens. We'll have, you know, that Mercedes is so consistent, and Hamilton's so consistent. Yeah. Like, even last year, he had a, good, he had a really good drive. Like, and Valtteri's could, ice cold as well. So Yeah, totally. Uh, I'm, looking, so I'm looking forward to seeing what that battle's like between the two of them. Right. Like, that's going to be interesting. I think it'll be a lot of, like... Uh, it's like when you have a like a interschool rivalry, <laughs> and one of the schools doesn't care about it. Right, totally. Yeah, yeah. The other one's like super impassioned <laughs> yeah, about it. Whatever. And just see what he'll do when he's got like a really good car underneath him, you know. Yeah, uh, and Sauber, I think, will be another backmarker. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think the racing will be largely the same. Mm. I don't think the the increased speed will have much to. I don't think it'll look any different on screen. Right. Um, yeah, five seconds over a whole thing is unless you're super, super into it. I, I think maybe the tire stuff will be a little different than we've seen in the past because mm. I think the the compounds this year are um, less designed to degrade. I think right. they're going to last a little longer, uh, but hopefully the strategy will still be uh, be alive. Yeah, and there's always stuff that happens. I mean, every year I've done this, there's always stuff that happens, like unforeseen stuff that you did not see. Like, we did not see the Kivyash Verstappen thing happening last year. That's true. There was other years where there was, like, tires exploding. There was other years where the weather was a lot worse. Like, last year was a was a gimme. There wasn't, like, I've, Interlagos is the only one I can think of that was, like, really badly affected by rain. Yeah. Um, everything else seemed to be pretty okay. Uh, so there's always stuff, like, you know, there's certain cars that break down a lot and didn't really, we had pretty consistent last year. Mm-hmm. Like, the one thing that happens, you always feel whenever there's, like, a, you know, we had it with the V6 change, and, like, we had it with, you know, a couple of other, like, when DRS, and especially when Urs came into it, when Kurs came in, um, was problems with um, that technological jump that the teams had in consistency. So, we don't know if maybe with this year, with all the, you know, they've changed the cars a decent amount, uh, whether or not there'll be some sort of problems uh, once they get on the track as well, start putting in, like, long times. It's true, and Mercedes's Patty Lowe mm. did leave. Yeah. And is now at Williams mm. as their chief technical officer, uh, as was rumored. And also, uh, Williams has uh, an ex-Ferrari aerodynamicist. Right. Uh, and Mercedes got James Allison 
from right. Ferrari. So a lot of a lot of brains Changing. mixing up. God, it'd be so cool if Massa was in a competitive car. Yeah, oh. that would be really awesome. Yeah. I, I have high hopes for for Stroll as well. He's he's a rookie, yeah. but I, I think he's I think he's got what it takes. He's not going to be strolling around that circuit. Nice. Tell you that much. Nice. Yeah, that's walking. Uh, <laughs> Uh, a few points of uh, just miscellaneous news here. Uh, Ross Braun, uh, who is, I don't know what you call him. He's Chief a, Lord. Yeah. Chief Wizard. High, he, high Wizard. Wait, that's a, that's a KKK thing, isn't <laughs> no, it? No, yep. You don't well, want that. Oh, no, sorry. Um, he he works for for, the Formula One. He, oh, yes. He's a Formula One man. Yes. And he, uh, <laughs> he, he basically was brought in. So... The guy we talked about earlier, Bernie Eccleston, he was like the business guy and the like, the the sporting guy and the the idea man and yeah. the and the deal maker. He was everything. Mm. Now you've kind of split it up into, uh, at least from my understanding, uh, Chase Carey, who was like the business dude, and then Ross Braun is tasked with like creating a good sport and yeah. making it fun to watch. Mm. Um, so he is evidently, according to Autosport, creating an independent task force Ooh, of task experts forces. to help shape a future vision of Formula One. Um, quote, uh, if we can put the right sort of people on a task and give them a year or 18 months to find a solution, we can design Formula One cars in a way uh, that, say, a car behind could follow them. Mm. Uh, I know we've had it uh, go at it before with the overtaking working group, uh, but I don't think we have the knowledge and capability that teams have got now. Computational fluid dynamics has made a huge difference. It now uh, gives new opportunities to look at that uh, and all of that, uh, how overtaking can be uh, improved. So uh, it seems like he knows exactly what's wrong and is taking steps to improve it, which yeah. is more than you could say about Bernie Eccleston, who was always just like this black box until he decided something. Yeah, totally. I mean, we saw that with the qualification stuff last year. Like, right. just like knee-jerk reaction, which ends up, ends up getting pulled almost immediately as well. So, yeah. Hmm. Um, and then the last little thing here, uh, yet some more changes from um, the fact that uh, F1 has new owners. Teams are now allowed to post images from the paddock. Oh, they were not, we're not allowed, allowed to uh, until or under under Bernie. Okay. Um, so, for example, uh, Christian Horner says the teams you've probably noticed are putting up uh, a bit more content of what their drivers are up to in the paddock. This, this is the area, not the pit lane area, but mm. like the place where people hang out, like yeah. the RVs, the trailers, and stuff. Uh, not what's happening trackside because that obviously belongs to the broadcasters, but you mm. could have had breakfast with Daniel Ricciardo this morning, see what he does prior to getting into the car to the point that he'd get into the car to drive out to do his first lap. This hasn't been possible in previous years. Hmm. Um, so I, I think where the popularity of Formula One lives and dies is with the drivers. If people don't feel like they have a connection to the people yes. in it, then they're not going to follow the race. So 100%. this is a really, really uh, key uh, change that they're making. Um, and as such, I will link to uh, a Red Bull Twitter video of Ricardo getting suited up. I think it's kind of cool. Um, Christian Horner, by the way, he works for uh, Red Bull. He's their team principal, which is the boss man. Mm. Uh, he also says something that I thought was really spot on in that uh, like what were we were talking about before with like technology versus uh, sporting. Um, like what is Formula One's core thing all about? Uh, he characterized it this way, and I thought it was really spot on. 
there's a Formula E championship that's growing. Uh, it's got technology in it. Right. Formula One, I believe, is about entertainment, about drivers, should be about racing at the absolute limit, and should be, uh, should as a result, be putting on a great show. Mm. So I think that really well encapsulates what uh, Formula One should be about. And yeah. it seems like that is what uh, the new owners are trying to do. It's a pretty unique... Like thing, it reminds you of something like the World Cup in a way, where it's like there aren't that many like international sports mm-hmm. that are like you know sort of enjoyed by fans in different cultures. Like America, for instance, is like very insular with its sports. Like yeah. you tend to be like have your own sports and not play foreign sports, or like the bigger sports are the are the you know the ones that are like homegrown, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's less of that probably in like Europe and South America and stuff, and there's a little bit more common ground, but like. Even in racing disciplines, they all, like, around the world, racing disciplines, probably by virtue of the fact you have to get cars places, are very regional. Yeah. Um, you know, DTM and, you know, Indy and, you know, touring cars and XYZ, right? And they all have, like, one-off things, like, you know, your your Paris-Dakar or, you know, anything like that, 24-hour Le Mans, right? Yeah. But, like, there's no continual sport that's international all year round. Like, it's super unique. So, I think it's, you know, a very unique opportunity to put my business hat on uh, to like grow the sport and to find you know it, it's the sky's the limit with the with the uh, spectators on this one like anyone could watch it because it's everywhere it yeah. goes everywhere and every time they break new ground in a new city it's like opening it up to new people so yeah I think they should you know it's sad that we're losing some of the old races but like you know if we, if they keep expanding and, and keep uh, and promote it better then the sky's the limit for everyone well said uh, speaking of watching it. Uh, if you are in America, yeah, the way to do that is on NBC Sports Network, right? Which uh, is usually in like the weird rich guy upper tiers of your cable package. Yes. But um, the way you can get it without that is with uh, the well. The, one of the ways, is the way I do it, is uh, PlayStation View, V U E, V U E, yeah, which is a um, you know a, co- a cord cutting solution. Mm. Uh, I think you can watch it on a PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4. On a Vita? Uh, I don't know if you can watch it on a Vita. <laughs> um, a, uh, an uh, Amazon Fire tablet. A TV, right, okay. Uh, but even if you don't have one of those, if you have, say, like an Apple TV or something with an NBC Sports app, right. you can sign into that app with your PlayStation View login. Oh, cool. And then use it on there. Right to like watch replays of Formula One. Cool. Um, you, I mean, that doesn't give you access to all the other channels. You get to PlayStation View, yeah. but PlayStation View will give you access to uh, Formula One through apps like that. That's so really cool. That's the way I do it. I think it's it depends on where you live. Right. But it's between thirty and forty dollars a month or a month. Right. So um, it's not it's not super cheap, but it's it's cheaper than buying it on cable. I think uh, also Sling has NBC Sports okay. Network. Uh, I think they're comparable. Mm. Um, in price, I haven't checked in a while, but uh, if 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 you swing that way yeah. with sling, you can do that as well. If you have any questions, you can send them to us. But also, both of our um, uh, at least if you're a patron on either one of our patreons, oh, that's we, right. We both have Discord chats, that's which right. have recently been renamed. Um, right. We have there's a Shift F one one in my one and and on NoClip and on Cloth Map as well. Yes, yeah. So during the races or just between races, I guess. Yeah, hop in there and. Chat with like-minded racing people's <laughs> fans. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Should we talk about their upcoming race? Sure. Do you want to talk about Australia? Yeah. Sure. Australian Grand Prix has been around for... Is this when I take over? 
Yeah, go sure, for it. Great. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's been around for, for a long time. It was in Adelaide for the longest time. Um, but it's been in Melbourne for a good while now. Uh, it's it's a fun start to the season. I think it's a really... Um, it's a good circuit for new people as well because it's not particularly long. It's got like a decent like average uh, amount of turns. It's like 15, 16 turns. Um, and it looks unique in certain spots, which happens when you're racing on one of these weird half city street, half track situations. Right. So this one uh, in Melbourne is in Albert Park, which is in a which is a park in Melbourne um, with a sort of a lake uh, in, in the sort of downtown area. Um, actually, I'm not even sure how downtown it is, but it's within the city. Uh, and much of the, the road that they're driving on is a uh, normal road throughout the year. Um, the start-finish straight isn't, I know that. Um, and I think there's another couple of parts that they've built into it as well. Um, but it's cool. It goes around the lake. I like that you barely see at all during the race. Uh, there's lots of tree cover, um, lots of nice turns. Uh, I like that it's, it's, you know, sometimes you get tracks that are... Um, that it's tough to to tell any character about them, right? Because yeah. it's just you're just looking at concrete all day, you know, or asphalt. Um, this one actually has some some visual variance to it. Yeah, it's got some yeah some interesting camera angles that you'll get you'll get very used to. Uh, all right, let, let me take you around the track then. I guess it's a 16 turn um, uh, a circuit. As I said, uh, the start finish straight is probably not one of the longest ones in in F1. Okay. It's relatively short, and in fact, there are a number of straight areas, but they've all they all tend to have a bit of a turn on them. Doesn't it's not like China where you've got this like sets of lots of straights all over the place. Hmm. Um, so you tend to get a lot of overtaking into uh, into corners um, in Albert Park. Uh, it starts off with a with a pretty um, wide right left hander, um, which is not so much of an overtaking area. But the next turn is turn three, uh, Whitford at the bottom. Um, uh, people, there's a DRS zone there, and people try and get down on the inside uh, into that section. That's where Alonso had his really bad crash last mm-hmm. year, where he rear-ended. I'm trying to remember what it was Grosjean was it? Uh, I think it was Grosjean. Maybe. Who got out of that other car. Um, I had a really bad crash. Yeah. Flipped over. Um, there's been a couple of crashes there historically as well. Martin Bundle had a bad had a bad one there. That's right. He uh, was actually commentating. He was. He said that looks very familiar to me. <laughs> yeah. Very similar crash. Uh, Brundle famously ran back to the pits uh, and got into his second car, which is something you could do back then. Right. Uh, or into the team's third car and continued to race once the red flag was over. Um, and then the next section is on, this is like the sort of underneath the trees area. Uh, it reminds me of that part of Monza as well. Uh, turn four is very wide. Shed loads of, they've run off for years in this the whole part of the track. I don't even know why because it's so low speed. <laughs> um, I think it's maybe like a traffic problem for the first two laps or something, or for Certainly for the first lap, everyone seems to be up on each other's arse for a lot of this um, this part of the track. There's That's lots good. of overtaking. Yeah, um, turn four quite wide. Turn five, uh, six, seven. Turn five into six is again this. The whole track is kind of higgledy piggledy. Like it's never straight. It's always just leaning a little bit left and right. right. Um, relatively flat, but there's some camber here and there because it's mostly I think because it's an old road and because it's just settled into the into the ground right it just moves around a lot um turn six is a bit like a hard chicane sometimes you get overtaking there but you tend not to until the sort of the next chicane by the way is a quick left right yes or right left, or right, left. Uh, this one is a is a right left um with no runoff on the outside so people tend not to try it down this one because if you don't if you mess it up you will get beached on the gravel on the outside of mm. turn seven um but when you, they tend to not as well because turn 9, 10, and 11, 12 are both... Or turn 9 and 10 and 13, I should say, at Ascari are the two like hot zones for overtaking again. Uh, turn 9 and 10 is a... Uh, it's not really a chicane. It's a, it's a hard right turn that then turns into this... 
bending left that just keeps going. It's it's like turns and turns and turns to the left over the course of you know several hundred feet, um, uh, thousands, a uh, couple of thousand probably, um, until you get to turn eleven and twelve, which is this weird. Like, turn 11 and 12 to me are so strange because it's a very sharp left-hander where you're taking it such high speed, trying to retain as much speed as possible because it's basically like a very wide left-right-hander between two straights. So if you miss any speed coming out of this, they're going to get you on the, like, little straight down to Ascari. Hmm. Um, so people tend to risk it really high, which is why there's a runoff area between the two of them that people sometimes skip directly over. Um, presumably that wasn't always there before and there used to be... Um, people getting getting pretty damaged going over the top of that little hill uh but yeah 11 and 12 nice and fast and then turn 13 uh, is kind of the the last true overtaking zone it's pretty slow for the last three corners uh 15 is the prost corner they settle up there's a nice uh, it's almost like a two lane um in, into the bit lane so there's not people getting in each other's way very often there and then turn 16 back onto the relatively short straight. It's almost like the straight split in half with the turns, with one and two. It's almost like it would be one normal straight, except they just st- stuck a turn in the middle of it. Mm. Um, so it's good. I like it. I, I think it's a track that, like, there's a certain, there's a decent amount on the back half of the, you know, sector two and three, there's a decent amount of, um, I guess you would call it straight, even though it's not straight. So the fast cars tend to do well. Um, but there's, like, three or four decent overtaking zones in this. And so that means five or six for Verstappen. <laughs> figures, figures them out. Right. Um, yeah, it's a it's a cool one. Um, time wise, it's a little bit funky, isn't it? What time does this one go on? This one is well, Danny. I'm glad you asked yeah. uh, because these are Pacific times. To be specific, uh, you can watch free practice one on Thursday. Whoa, yeah, because it's Australia and times are weird. Jesus. Um, Thursday, March 23rd at 6 p.m. Right, and you can watch that on the NBC Sports Network app. Mm. Uh, Free Practice 2 is at uh, 10 p.m. the same day. And you, that will be on NBC Sports Network proper. Uh, Free Practice 3 is Friday, March 24th at 8 p.m. on the app. Qualifying is three hours later at 11 p.m. Mm. Uh, on the Friday on NBC Sports Network. And the race, Danny, Saturday, oh, Jesus. March 25th at 10 p.m. 10 p.m. on Saturday night. On NBC Sports Network. So weird. S-A-T-U-R. Um, right. I'm probably going to miss it. Really? I'm in a cabin this weekend. Ooh. I'm heading up to our cabin. There's a cabin in Mendocino we go to. Like We try to go once a year to like totally disconnect. It's been a rough couple of months for work, so mm. I'm just going up for like four days. Nice. No screens, I think, although I have a Switch with Zelda on it, so it's oh. real hard not to <laughs> not to bring that. Um, so I might actually miss it. I might have to like come back. and I'll be off Twitter and everything probably, so I'll just have to ignore it. But I hate missing races. Watching races live is so much fun. Um because there's sort of an anything can happen element to it. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and that, uh, yeah, the, the thing about being in North America is that some of these races are on at weird times, especially the European stuff gets pretty early in the morning. Um, I've really only started to appreciate that weird time zone swap, though, recently, because I just booked a trip to Japan uh-huh. for one of our projects. And when you fly there, you lose like a day and a half. <laughs> it's like an 18 hour time difference when you cross the dateline. Yeah. And then the flight is like 11 hours. Yeah. So we're flying on like a Sunday and arriving like the Tuesday? Monday. It's not that bad. There were okay. some other ones that were that bad, but we're flying early enough on the Sunday. Okay. Uh, but on the way back, it's terrifying because you leave at like sun. We're leaving on like Sunday night and arriving Sunday morning. <laughs> like, what? 
Fucking time travel, man. Nice. Yeah. My, my brother went to uh, Fiji on a school trip, and one of the kids on his trip missed his birthday. No. Yeah, just didn't have it. That's insane. <laughs> Can you imagine? It's like there was that one island, wasn't it, that skipped the dateline. They went back. They went from uh, the Japanese side to the Western side. They oh, lost really? an entire day. Yeah. They decided to. <laughs> they just didn't have a February yeah. 3rd. It never happened for them. Yeah. It's so strange. Awesome. Yeah. The world, Danny. The world. Uh, we ra- do we have any other races? Oh, we could, we could, we could. Yeah, why don't you give us a little race around the world? Yeah, I don't have specific uh, things that are happening this weekend because why would you watch anything else before the one? But NASCAR, IndyCar, and the World Rally Championship have all started already. Uh, you can watch the first two uh, on their respective YouTube channels, and you can watch WRC for free on RedBull.tv. Jeez, Louise! I've been using the Apple TV app. It's pretty great. Oh yeah, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, I might yeah, check yeah, that out. Decent coverage. Yeah. Uh, as always, mm. Danny, here at Shift F1, uh, you can find our show <laughs> Still notes sounds weird. Uh, and comments <laughs> section on F1.cool. Yeah, we have to redirect that somewhere. Yeah, yes. Um, you can also go there for uh, you know RSS and iTunes subscription information. Mm. Um, we are also on Twitter. Follow at Shift F1 Podcast for show updates and any fun F1 stuff we've run across. If you already follow the old one, it will, it's the same. It's the same. We just renamed it. Don't yep. worry. You don't have to follow a new thing. Yep. Uh, I am at Drew Scanlon. I am at Daniel Dwyer. Shout out again to Fox Barrett, Majed Almadani, Goose Hydra, The Third Houston, and everyone else who suggested Shift F1 yeah. and other amazing names. There were some real dizzies in there. Fair play. Uh... And uh, that's all I got. I will link um, a special F1Fanatic.co.uk uh, link in the show notes for a, ca- a calendar that you can add all the races to. Perfect. Uh, so they'll show up on your on your device, your which, computer, which whatever. Which is a good idea, especially because the times are weird. Yes. So it's easier to figure it out that way. I totally. Uh, also, I use uh, F1Calendar.com. Cool. Um, yes. And you can you can put uh, you know, time your time zone yeah. in there and see what everybody... Uh, when all the races are. Which is really annoying because they literally have every time zone on that thing. So you're scrolling through like hundreds of It's true, of they're not there. organized very well. They're organized by, I believe, continent. Okay. Yeah, so the American stuff. If or you like L however LA. PHP organizes them. <laughs> right, totally. Yeah. Yeah, crazy stuff. Uh, it's good to be back. It is. Yeah. This is a behemoth. Uh, for but sure. it's kind of two podcast episodes in one, so... Yeah. Uh, all mixed in. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for joining us. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening to this whole thing everybody thanks. and thanks so much to our to our friends over at Giant Bomb for, for letting us do this in the first place yeah for supporting us Jeff's been super cool about us doing this separately as well like yeah. we're, we're we're very lucky to have worked with some really cool people absolutely let us do this stuff we will see you no we, you can't leave what? there Why? you have to tell people what, what you're doing like this this podcast would not be possible without the patronage of the, the people who are like who are funding our work outside here I right? guess insofar as I I now eat because of yeah. pa- my Patreon. And our files used to be hosted by a co- company, and now they're not. Right. right. So, like, technically... I mean, yeah. The, we're, we're, if we get really inside baseball here, is yeah. that, you know, I'm not using direct patron money for On this. The, right. But it's, like, it's our personal money. Yeah. But the personal money comes from Patreon, yeah. I guess. Um, you started a new thing where you're going to travel the world telling stories about places and the video games yes. culture that exists there. That's right. Uh, that's uh, more succinctly than I could put it. So <laughs> <Right>. thanks. Yes. <laughs> it, is, it is called Cloth Map. Yeah. Uh, and you are uh, no clip. Yes. 
Patreon.com forward slash Daniel Dwyer actually my stuff is. Yes. And yours is forward slash the cloth map, right? Yes. Yeah, so we're kind of doing our own little, little thing. Self-employment. Right. But we still, we'll always have time for F1. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe we'll do some hot collabos on the other thing as well. Ooh, that'd be fun. What, what if we could do something that would bring it all together? Right? Can you imagine? People have been saying that we should do something. And that also gets into that weird area where it's like, okay, I don't want to sp- spend that money on that. But like... Also, maybe we just go to Singapore sometime because <laughs> you could tell the video game <laughs> on stuff a vacation. There. I could, yeah, and we could do because I'd sweet so much fun at Austin. Yeah, I'd love to do another track, even Canada. I was looking at some of the. I'm well, you're going to be on lots of trips now because your your job is basically flying all over the place. True. Um, as it happens, I've got a bunch of international no clip stuff mm-hmm. um, uh, that's happening over the next couple of months, and I was looking at like when they are so like even like the formula <laughs> e new york race i'm going to be in europe Ooh. for my dad's birthday so i missed that and, uh, but there's yeah we should we should do something like that nice suggestions send them in sure so. yeah you can email us at emails at f1.cool mm. or no plus at f1.cool <laughs> right they're the only email addresses you can use now. oh really i think so okay i don't know <laughs> i just i'm too scared now people keep screenshotting me kickbacks from the server i'm like oh and i'm about to change the dns stuff so who knows fine what's gonna happen to what's it? the most reliable emails at f1.cool for sure all right mm. sounds good danny yeah well i'm really excited for this first race me too uh it's been a long time coming mm. i'm getting the f1 shakes <laughs> right. but uh it's right around the corner ah see you next week <laughs>